This message is brought to you by Heartland Family Fellowship. Hi, my name is Steve Finney, and I will be your speaker today. We thank you for listening in on our podcast and hope that the Lord does bless you as you listen today. Now to the uh, Greek. It is a little bit different. We have actually an appearing or coming or to enlighten really to a manifestation to reveal. And so this whole concept of the Greek and the book of Revelation is the, the primary focus is on the second coming of Jesus Christ. And the Old Testament being the, to reveal the seals, which is really the process that you see occurring in the book of Revelation, the Greek understanding of the, of the word Revelation and the Hebrew understanding of the word Revelation is absolutely critical. So you have process, process for the second coming of Jesus Christ. Here's the trinity of the Bible. We have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Not too many people argue about that. It's becoming more debated. And then we have the trinity of man, which is body, soul, and spirit. And man is created in the image of the us, not the image of God. It says there in the Hebrew of the us, the plurality of Godhead, which is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Man is created in that image, so he has body, soul, and spirit. The Spirit is the closest in our creation to the Holy Spirit. And then the body is the closest in parallel to the body of Christ. And the soul, the mind, will, and the emotions is the closest related to the mind of Christ. Or the Trinity of God Himself. It's where the think tank is. And then with the Bible, we have the Old Testament, New Testament, and the book of Revelation. What most Christians have been kind of trained into thinking is that the New Testament, I mean the, uh, the Bible is dichotomy, not trichotomy. Well, many Christians actually believe man is a, is a dichotomist. Is that he knows he's only got a body and the soul and spirit are the same thing. And that would support dichotomy of the Bible. It does not support the Trinity. God is always the same in everything he creates. Even molecules are broken up into three primary parts. God is a God of the threes. The Bible is the Old Testament, New Testament, and the book of Revelation. Who put the book of Revelation in the New Testament and put it, you know, where it is? It's because they, when they canonized it, they had no clue what to do with it. It's like in the Old Testament. They didn't know what to do with the poetry. Well, it's because it's not poetry. It is, the poetry, as they're calling it in the Old Testament, is a revelation of the character of the law. We call it poetry not orders from God. Well, you try to read the book of Ecclesiastes and tell me there's no orders from God in that. You try to read David's writings and tell me there's no orders in that. 
There's no directives in that. You try to read Proverbs and tell me there's no directives in that. You see, man has, has tried to put things places because they don't have the God understanding of what it's for. So they stick it somewhere. They call it something. The book of Revelation is a special book. Now I want to show you this. The preparation for this one single book is, by the way, this is referenced by God himself as a book. Paul's writings is referenced as letters, epistles. This is a book of Revelation. It holds its own place. So, in order to prepare for understanding of the book of Revelation, we've got the foundation of the law. We have to have the law. We have to have the law processed. We have to have the character of the law revealed. Then there has to be the warnings coming in that revelation is coming. Second coming. That's how the Greeks would reference it. Is coming. But there's got to be a first coming. So there is tons of stuff in the Old Testament that say Jesus Christ is coming as a child. First coming. The major prophets. Jesus Christ is coming as a king of kings. So it's all there setting up for this one single book. Then the grace Jesus Christ arrives. And then the foundation of the grace is laid. And then the grace is processed. Book of Acts. And then the revelation is revealed. Just read Peter. Just read Paul. Just re They're all referencing something. And we think it's about us and our pain and our agony. No! He's, they're all referencing something that is so way beyond us. And it is. But we have the tendency to make everything about us. Our thoughts, our beliefs, our opinions on it, our ways, our this, I got that, I get... Everything is so much about us that we don't understand why Peter was called out. Why Paul was called out. Why we have 12 disciples to rule over churches. To, we, don't, we don't even we don't understand why. So what do we do? We argue and bicker and moan about carpet, about buildings. And that's what we've made church about. And I don't like the color carpet you pick for that church, so I'm going to go start Fourth Baptist Church. That's what we've done. When it's not about that, it's about preparing for the book of Revelation or preparing for Revelation. Everyone needs to be prepared for the day of the Lord. How many times has he said that? Not the day of new carpet. By the way, I got a miracle this morning. Last week our projector was going out and I knew it was the memory card. Went did a little research and found out it is a memory card and I'm like, oh boy, we're in trouble. So this morning I fired up and not only has that line down the screen, but you know, it started to lose its ability to hold the memory in the machine. I said, oh Lord, you're in, I know you're in charge of machines. You know, these are, these are, this is the, the picture view of Revelation. I really would like to have this thing. 
spank just before I'm finished. It all came back in and locked in place. So that's my special thing for the day. Okay, here's the world's greatest library, of course. For you and I, anyway. Genesis is a foundational book. It's referenced as a book. Okay? Now, what is one of the last things said in the last seven verses of Revelation? Something's mentioned about two books. God likes books. If Laura added one word or deleted one word from this book, I will delete you from the book of life. Okay. Well, that's significant because everything God speaks is recorded. Habakkuk. And now this library is what we have been ordered to write down for some reason. Genesis is, a, is the foundation of the law. God laid out very clearly why we need the law. Because without law, you have lawlessness. When you have lawlessness, the foundation collapses. The flood. God washes it away. Then we have the establishment of the law. Then we have the law process through the judges and the kings and you know the stories. And then you have the character of the law, which most classify as poetry. I refuse to. Some people are very uh, original in sharing the truth from the heart of God. That's how I view David. He was the apple of God's eye. He felt God. It's not poetry. It's not songs. We have songs because this author felt the character of God. Some people just say it, preach it, write it, teach it. But some feel the presence of God and sharing the truth. That's the case here. Then we have the prophets of Revelation. I think we're used to calling them the major prophets. Then we have the prophets of of the Messiah and we call them the minor prophets. Now let's bring this into a tribal arrangement. As you know, God set up, after he established the need for the law, God established tribal domain. Tribal domain was put under 12 categories. Why do we have 12 disciples? We're gonna, we're actually gonna process the tribal mandates for the book of Revelation through grace. Whereas the 12 tribes originally was through law. This is all critical. All the numbers that are in the Bible are critical to understand in order to understand the final picture. So, the, if we take it into a tribal arrangement, you have the character of the patriarch. Patriarchs, one of the associations in word pictures of patriarch, is the law. They established the law for the tribe. 
We don't do this. Don't hang around with that tribe. Do you know? There's a lot of laws, and the patriarch is responsible for revealing the law. These patriarchs are the ones who do the teachings. For example, if there was, if Q was doing devotions in his tent with his family, and the patriarch, his patriarch, his, his father walks in, comes through the tent doors, he goes silent, just like that, just shuts down. Because the patriarch is not the God of the... No, it is the presence of a patriarch has overpowered me. I shut down, the patriarch finishes the devotions. That's what we're seeing here. The patriarchs of the word are significant characters to God. If you continue to talk over the patriarch, you are classified as a rebel. You will be stoned to death as a son. You will be put to death without question. Does that work in the New Testament? No. What kind of death will you experience? You will bring sin unto death unto you by not honoring your existing patriarch authority. You'll never find success. That's how it is processed through grace. It's not physical death anymore. You'll stone yourself. You'll find yourself falling back into temptations and doing the very things that you hate. And when you do those very things you hate, you need to go back to what Paul said is, what, what am I, am I playing with the law? Am I judging the law? Am I figuring the law out? Yes. That's why you're going back to old sins. This is critical. They marry each other for a given reason. The major prophets are like the patriarchs. The minor prophets are the heads of the home, the fathers. What's the head of the home supposed to do? As Christ is head of the church, so is the husband the head of his home. What, is Christ just saying that because he's trying to keep the garden intact? <laughs> he's setting up for you surviving revelation. Because you don't understand authority when things really kick into high gear of revelation. You will be suffering like there are no words to describe. Understanding authorship, authority, is the answer to living it out. So therefore, you have your patriarchs, and then you have your heads of homes. In the Bible, you have the major prophets, and you have your minor prophets. If these guys aren't backing what these guys are saying, they're heretics. They need to be stoned because they're false prophets. That's where they get that. The stoning of a false prophet, it comes from stoning your son. God is always consistent in his terminology. He has to. Every jot and tittle of what God says is exact. Now, New Testament. We have the arrival of the king. Acts. We have grace being displayed. All these recordings of how that grace is appropriated is grace processed. 
Why? For the book of Revelation. Here we have three worlds, but yet that we know with God it's only one world. But with us and with Satan, there are three worlds, three worldviews. We have the eternal life of Jesus Christ, forever past, forever future, is the eternal heaven. The tree of life is the very first symbol and illustration of the tree of life, of, of uh, eternal life. Then you have this green area in the middle, which is the earth. It's the earth's seven days. How many years are in one day? 1,000. 7,000 years. That's why your teachers and preachers and prophets are running around saying, we're really, really close, because they're watching the Hebrew calendar. We're really, really close. We're within 700 years. Now, this reality from earth being created to earth being destroyed is man's reality. That's man's worldview. The way that the system works from what we can find in the scriptures is through the mind of man. The mind of man is like my uh, antenna for my microphone is that this mind is a receiver. It takes in the voice, processes it, and then records it. Same thing with the Bible. Satan knows that. He was there when God put the whole thing together. So God reveals his mind into the patriarch, the prophet, major prophet. So God speaks directly to Moses. Moses was just curious about one thing, really. What's your name? Because back then, names were very important. And of course, God's response to Moses is, what's your name? Came with a little bit of trial and tribulation. I am the names. That's Hebrew. I am all identities. I am carpenter, I am tent maker, I am the, the, the farmer, I am what you see. Well, that, was, <laughs> that wasn't the answer Moses was looking for. He was wanting to hear, my name's Ralph, my name's John, my, my name's Daniel. That's a good one. Well, there is obviously a reason for that, as we know, as we now we get to look at the full book, so we can see that no one gets to really know God before Jesus Christ. But this is how it worked. Well, Satan had to start forming false teachers and prophets way, way back in the garden. Because he understands how this works. It's like dropping the mind of God into Moses taking the mind of Satan into man. So he has to have his false prophets just as God has his, false, his, his real prophets. But they're false to Satan. And most of Christianity views true prophets of Christ as the false ones today. What was once right is wrong and what was once wrong is wrong is right. 
what a prophet teacher was once so precise in the gospel, those are the wackos, and the ones who are kind of friendly to everyone are the real ones. Do you know that if we lined up 100 Christian leaders, and Jesus walked the line and says, false prophet, false prophet, false prophet, false prophet, real teacher, false prophet, real teacher, we'd be shocked. Indwelt Christians functioning and teaching false doctrines that do not support the revelation. To understand what happened to the seven churches, you better not mess with the authority flow of God. And they did mess with it. So what happens now is that this 7,000 years is going to lead to earthquakes. That'll be the final birth pains. It's like a woman screaming out something's about to be birthed. So the whole world is groaning. So please hang on to this simple piece of truth. The satanic prophets, and some of them are indwelt believers, I'm sorry, but they are. They're teaching emergent doctrines that are setting up for the whore. It's as simple as that. It's happening all over the, the world. You know it. You read about it. It's in the news. Solid Christian leaders and teachers you've known for years are universalists today. They're falling by the dozens because of the love of God. Fact is, the closer we get to this hour, the tougher you will see God's love. Without question. Same thing in parenting. The closer you get to having your child understand their discipline, the more firm you have to be. Or you'll lose them. We didn't make that up. God gave us that style. So now, when this hour comes upon us, that birth, Satan wants, and his followers and teachers, want you to think it's him. This great answer to the entire world's problems. And it's the second coming of Jesus Christ. The first birth was a physical birth. His second birth is an eternal statement of I am the I am. I am the King of kings, the Lord of lords. And every knee shall bow and confess that I am Lord. And that includes you, Satan. You come sit at my feet and you are not messing with Israel anymore. The very property that was offered to Jesus is the very property he will rule from. And that was not an accident. That's what's going to happen on this hour. And then this thin line that you see here is the judgment. The satanic view comes to a screeching halt. Satan is going to be shocked because he doesn't understand the future, he's going to be shocked that it just comes to a brick wall. But you know what? As most bullies are, even though they're fearful, they start fighting. And that's the final war. And after that, some very serious things happen. There's no more precious little beautiful little green and blue earth. There's actually this fiery earth 
set aflame by God. He is literally warming up the furnace on the inside of this globe. And if you think that that is not connected directly with the timeline of prophecy, you don't understand how long it takes to build a good fire. He's working the earth. And the earthquakes are saying it's getting closer. The earthquakes aren't to punish the people. Of course, we humans got to make it about us. The earthquakes are for the strict purpose of, their, of God saying, my furnace is almost ready. And the earth is cracking because the earth is almost ready to snap open. And all that fire comes forth and starts burning away every ounce of rebellion against the bride of Christ. Women aren't supposed to be in charge. The bride of Christ isn't supposed to be in charge. We are to submit to the ordinances of the groom. And you women need to evaluate your doctrines of that. And you men need to evaluate your doctrines of how you're caring for the woman and if it's according to Christ in the church. No one gets off of this one. Nobody. Not one soul, not one demon, not one angel will escape this order. Satan does the same thing. Not one of you are going to escape if you don't submit to me. You're always replicating God. Of course, we know what happens. The earth goes aflame. Satan is tossed to the pit first. Who is in first place is always a big deal in Hebrew. He goes down first. His two uh, commanders go down with him. The great whore and also the, the government guy. They go down and then demon after demon after demon after demon after demon. And then mankind is dropped in to that pit. The number one doctrine that is fought over in denominations today is innocent people going to hell. I don't see them as innocent. I'm not innocent. I deserve hell. It's because of the grace and the grace processed and the grace setting me up that delivered me from being one of them that is tossed into that fire. He's not done, by the way. Revelation says, and this is highlight, lots of details coming later. He takes that ball of fire, the earth. He's already, as we, have, we will be learning in Revelation, turned out every single star. The stars were put in place for Abraham. The stars were put in place to show the people of there's always light in the midst of darkness. He takes the sun and darkens it. Remember that? There's no solar systems anymore. The stars drop from the heavens. And if you see one or two a night and you wish upon a star to think you're going to be so distant and so... Whatever your little wish is, you're, you're going to not have that anymore. Darkness. And here's what he does. The scripture says... He takes that earth and he casts it into outer darkness. And it stays in this Darwin's black box forever and ever and ever and ever. And those Christians that believe that hell is underneath our feet in this new earth, I don't know where they get that. 
This is God saying as the human body must die and turn to dust, back to creation, I have to take the earth and do exactly the same thing. It has to be left to itself. The earth was created to punish Satan. There's just certain people that join him in it. That's why it was created. And primarily to extract righteousness from darkness, light from darkness, the body of Christ. Beautiful story. That's the three worldviews that are presently available to our uh, visual studies of the Word of God. Now let's take one of these prophets. What does a prophet see? A prophet is gifted by God to look over the mountaintops. And people who are able to have such long vision get to see stuff that's in long vision. So God gave them the ability to see things that we obviously today know is history. There are certain things that are to come that we are arguing about today. And the primary thing that humans argue about from here forward is why would a loving God do this to innocent people? And if someone says that to me, why do a loving God do this to innocent people? I have to question their salvation. Because that's the first doctrine in order that you have to agree to, and that is, I deserve hell, I'm going to hell, I am a sinner, I am without God. That's the first doctrine the Spirit reveals to you so you can confess so you don't go to hell. So when they say that, I immediately question their salvation. That's doctrine one out of place. So these prophets just saw it all. Or at least the details God decided to give to them. And it took several major prophets to see the primary details of it. Interesting factor is, is that none of the prophets, zero, major or minor, saw the seven churches pop up. Now to a Bible studier, that's an interesting thought. And there's an answer. And we have to evaluate that answer. And you know what the most interesting thing is to me? Is what's in that valley is the book of Revelation. This and this is what the book of Revelation is about. Addressing the seven churches. The doctrines that Jesus Christ himself that came out of his own mouth as he's rebuking each church except for one. One church survives. That just happens to be the body of Christ. So it's not the denomination. It's not the church. It is actually the extraction from those seven churches that get to be called the body of Christ. Here's the point of all those other details. Hebrew law says the firstborn male must be married. It is a mandate. It's a law. It's a requirement. And Jesus Christ himself is the firstborn of God. He is the first son, the only son. He must get married. And that's what gets extracted out of the dark decision that Satan made and gets thrown to this earth 
and so forth and so on, God literally shows the power of his love, his grace, and he literally extracts the cream of the crop out of these humans and offers them to his son as a bridal member. Old Testament is the son is with the father. Doctrines of marriage are, begin to put, uh, are being put in place. Then we have the birth of Christ, the birth of our groom. The groom prepares for his bride, childhood. The public ministry, permission given by the father to court his bride. This is when the ministry started. He came out of the water that day. The Holy Spirit fell upon him, indwelt him, possessed him. And the ministry he started walking in was his ministry unto the bridal member. It's not unto the world. We live in the world. And he starts ministering to us. Ministry, his ministry, we have the tendency to look at ministry as if it is some kind of official occupation. When you go to certain countries and they say, this is so-and-so, the minister of education. It means that is what he is imparting to his country to, to maintain healing in that department of the country. Jesus is ministering to us, his bride, healing us, drawing us, calling us out. This is doctrine. This is process of his doctrine. And then living it out. So now you have, he's courting his bride. And that's like a woman who is listening to her husband-to-be and he, she's showing up wherever he's at, listening to him teach, or you know, whatever. And she is being wooed by the doctrines. Anyone knows that in marriage, when you hear your spouse be profoundly used by God, you actually are aroused to feel closer to them. You're drawn to them. That's what's happening here. Then he terminates the consequences of the law and that is the sin. Forty days is when the public announcement of his, his engagement and the death of our groom is what provides us salvation to go from going to hell in the book of Revelation to going to heaven which is eternal. Heaven is not the book of Revelation. The book of Revelation is to reveal what's going to get you there, to the new earth, to the house that he has prepared for his bride. So then we have Christ's ascension, the groom returns to the father, and then the New Testament living, and the father prepares the bride, and the groom prepares the room. The only reason why we're being left to hang out here on this, this world that's going to hell in a handbasket is because of the simple thing of Christ is preparing the new earth. But see, the old earth and its groaning is perfectly timed to that. All of the prophecies we're seeing unfolded today are to be gifts to say it's okay. It's all a part of the birth pangs of the second coming. Your groom coming back. So it's all lined up perfectly. Then you have the rapture. And the rapture is that the uh, groom, whoops, 
It's when the groom comes back and gathers up his bride and takes the bride to this holding place called our present heaven, this holding place until a few final details have to occur and that is our husband comes and actually uh, brings consequences to everyone who offended his bride. Everyone. Even Christians. It is such a big deal that we do not accuse each other because Satan's primary reference in the Hebrew is accuser. A liar. Taking truth and extending it and lying against the bride of Christ. And he deals with every single person who has ever hurt the bride of Christ. And that's when we hear scary things like, I don't know you, be gone from me, you evil and wicked generation. Hey, wait, I cast out demons in your name. I preached in your name. I healed in your name. And Jesus says, be gone from me, for I know you not. Because the majority of the Christians who think they're saved are not saved. Because they're Christ's followers, they're not indwelt by the power and life of Christ. Huge difference. Well, this is the day you'll find out if you got it or not. Christians are in heaven, and then the final stuff occurs. Judgment, punishment, all that I just said. And then we are taken to this new room, this new place, this new earth. And that's where we will live forever and ever and ever. And the first thing that we find on this new earth, interesting as it is, is structure through authority. Some will be rulers of nations and others will be doorkeepers. No more of this emergent stuff, I'm my own boss thing. It's gone. You won't even get to heaven unless you honor authority. Become as little children. Finally, this is a quick overview of the first 18 chapters we'll go through. This is where we're at right now in the greeting part of this revelation. Then we're going to talk about the vision next time. And then the seven churches. And we're going to uh, have lots of fun with our study with the seven churches. And then we're going to get into the, the seven seals. Exactly what and why do we have each of these divided up and put under separate seals. Then we're going to talk about the seven trumpets. The seven announcements. All these were put into that little video clip I showed you at the beginning of our, our time today is the sevens. So this is the seven trumpets and what each one of those are for and, and, the, and the historical continuous history that is in each one of those trumpets. And then finally the seven key figures that are revealed to us uh, in chapter 12. Um, and then... We talk about the woman Israel, the dragon Satan, the male child, who that really is, Michael the archangel. There are seven primary characters in the book of Revelation we must take a look at. So don't be afraid of this book. Consider it a gift from God to give you a snapshot into your future. God loves us so much that he wants you and me to see with our eyes the living proof that he is in charge and that we should not be frightened by any sudden fear. Anytime our human minds hear something we don't have a grasp of, we tend to get fearful. It's like your spouse 
loved one coming home saying, I've got something to say to you. As soon as that's said, curiosity is going to kill the cat. It'll eat at you. It'll work on you. It'll bring sudden fear. And that's what the book of Revelation has a tendency to do. Thank you for joining us today. Heartland Family Fellowship is a local church plant here in Sterling, Kansas. Our fellowship includes the family and all levels of worship. Our mission is to bring families back together spiritually, relationally, and physically. Many people ask us, what does that really mean, or how does it benefit them? Well, it means that you can bring your entire family to any of Heartland's events. And we will work to keep the focus on God, Jesus Christ, and the body of Christ without dividing up the family at the front door. If you're interested in learning more about our fellowship or other family-integrated fellowships, please log on to our website. That is www.heartlandfellowships.org. We thank you for joining us. Get yourself in a bind, lose a shirt off your back. Need a floor, need a couch, need a bus fare.